Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is right across from Winkings. And now we're able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. And we would just uh, ask you, if you're right in our neighborhood, please stop in and say hi. If you'd like more information, you can always go to ellenbecker.com. There you can see pictures of our office and the people who are here that will work with you. And we always welcome um, people to stop in. My guest today is Lori Coonan, and she is the founder of Living My Legacy. And if you've been listening to our radio show over these past 29 years, you know that one of the things that are most important, of course, is that we want to help people to create wealth. But Creating wealth is just one part of it. Passing wealth to your children and to your beneficiaries and really deciding um, what's important to you. How do you leave a legacy? And so often we think of money as the only legacy, but there's so many, there's so much more to it. And as the um, head, I guess, of my family is what my, my kids would say to me and head of my company and I sit down all the time and I wonder, how am I going to pass my values? How are I going to help my grandchildren to really understand the importance of why I started the company and what it means to me? And I always say that I hope that my children um, do not need my money to pay their utility bills, but that the money that I'm going to pass to them will be used for other things such as philanthropy, which I'm very involved in, um, education, and, and mostly, I guess, for experiences. And so the question always then becomes, how do you do that? I mean, how do you actually set up a plan to pass that type of a legacy? And do you wait until maybe you sell your company or you have inherited wealth? Or is that something that you could do all along during your life as you're thinking about your children? Because the one thing that I do know for sure is that um, I always plan that I tell my kids I'm going to live to be 100, um, but I don't know if that will happen. And so you really have to plan that maybe something could happen tomorrow. So sometimes people say, well, i got plenty of time, and I go, wow, they've got a crystal ball that I don't have. And so my guest today, um, Lord is, Lori, is going to help us take a look, look at leadership and family and how to um, create family strength and continuity with what you've created. And with that, we'll be right back. Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Lori Coonan, and she is the founder of Living My Legacy. And she has been doing this since 10 years, just about 2010, I Absolutely. think you said. Mm-hmm. And this is something that has always been 
really important to me. And um, talking about leadership, talking about families, talking about wealth is a constant conversation with myself and with my clients. And the statistics that Lori has got, and one I've seen for years, is that nine out of ten affluent families will lose their wealth by the end of the third generation. And I know that with careful planning, that really doesn't have to happen. And my experience is that people are resistant to sitting down and doing that. And so I'm really curious, Lori, with that kind of um, daunting numbers, um, how did you get involved in this? How did this... um, pique your interest and that you jumped into it because it's not an easy place to educate and to do business because, as I said a minute ago, I find that people are resistant to talking about passing wealth. And it's always, of course, getting beyond that estate planning document because people say, when I die or if I die. And so this is just another piece of the whole thing. Right. Well, thank you, Karen, for having me on the show. Yes, I... As a CFP, back in 2004, I was introduced to the concept at a financial um, planning association meeting, and I was sitting at the table with my, my team that I ha- uh, was leading at the time, and as Rod Zeeb from the Heritage Institute was sharing about heritage design, I said to my team, this is where financial planning needs to start. This is the start of the conversation. So with my background of psychology, business, and math, it really felt like home to me. This is where the conversation needed to start. So um, how I got started was after some you know, hurdles and unexpected situations, I was actually um, trained and certified by 2008 and then started my own business, Living My Legacy, in 2009. So that's how I got started. And how is it going? <laughs> it, it is fabulous. It truly is home for me, uh, a place where I feel so comfortable working with families. And, you know, I loved working with um, couples with their financial goals and, and objectives. And where Heritage Design takes me is to work with the entire family and the family's goals and legacy that they want to leave. So it's Heritage Design is really about creating that culture of communication, trust, and mentoring all wrapped around the family's common purpose and, and vision that they have. So every uh, common purpose that they can all rally around. When you think about um, sitting down and working with clients and the approach to getting people to be receptive to the idea, when I was listening to you, I thought of one of the ways that I talk to my clients and I encourage them to think of their portfolio as their own business. Mm -hmm. And in terms of my business, I'm always looking to make sure that my employees are working together. I'm looking at tax. I'm looking at estate planning and generational planning. I'm looking at um, who's going to take over if something happens to me. And so I thought if all of my clients would be looking, and my listeners, of course, you out there, if you think about your portfolio in terms of it's your own business, it's your own wealth, and what's going to happen to that, um, it leads right into what you're doing and what you're helping them because you're saying start early where I think many of the people that I have sat down with, it's after, well, my company's going to sell or I'm retiring and now I'm not sure what to do rather than thinking about it as a lifetime process. 
Yes. And and you're exactly right. You're right on. Um, it is if you begin early. I mean, one of my earlier um, earliest clients, if you will, my youngest clients, is a couple where they wanted to start doing their estate planning. And what really we discussed was creating a guidebook, maybe for their guardians, mm-hmm. because if something would happen to them, their guardians kind of need a roadmap uh, about what their clients or what their children, mm-hmm. they want their children to experience for the rest of their lives. So, for example, um, one of the questions I ask is, you know, are there, you know, this couple, their children were uh, five and seven, I believe it was. And, you know, one of my questions to them was, are there important books or or maybe songs you want them to hear at certain um, times of their life? If you were hit by a bus today, you know, would your guardians know those dreams and aspirations you have for your kids? Or, you know, the, the, the state's that you want them to travel to or the sites that you want them or the experiences you want them to have before they go off to college or before, you know, they get married. That's really, um, that is really interesting because I have noticed when you work with clients, particularly young clients, they get so stuck on, um, who do you want to take care of your children in the event of your death? And I always look at estate planning, um, succession planning, legacy planning, as you have to look at it just the way you said, what if you died tomorrow? Both of you were in an accident and you died tomorrow. What do you want to happen? Because you can change things as time goes on. Right. Absolutely. You can change them. So when you sit down um, with a family and... You just described a young family. And then, of course, as time goes on, um, they, they, their families go on and they're looking at what I should do with my money, what I should um, experience with my children, maybe grandchildren. How do you take that next step with them? Great question. And it is. This is kind of one of the more difficult Um, parts is starting that conversation, right? Getting them to think kind of outside the box. So, you know, just by having a conversation, helping them to understand what they desire for their family. If you look down the road or if you can describe your family 50 years down the road, what do you want to be happening? Uh, What do you want to see what do you want to hear? What are those things that are important to you? Is it the you know grandchildren all being connected and, and know each other? Is it the third cousins being part of the family gathering? Is it you know the siblings working together toward a common cause? Um, what are those things that are important to you that you want to see for your family? And really then, um, as one of my mentors would say, you know you really can't prepare the road of life for your children, but you can prepare your children for the road of life. So if you know where you want them or where you envision um, a happy and healthy life for your kids being, you know, work with them to help them to that destination and what it means for them. You know, Lori, it's, um, there are so many things when we sit down and, and plan with our clients. And I absolutely love the question is what, what do you want them? Well, I always say, what do you want them to know about you? And what are the things in you that you would like them to emulate? 
What are the things that are, are really important? And what are those things that you don't want them to have to go through as well? Right. And a lot of times um, people don't even, they haven't thought about it in their life because they just got up like I did and went to work and did the best that I could. You don't really, you don't have a, a road map, and so you don't have a list of those things. But the interesting thing is when I've sat down and we've spent time doing that, the stories start to come out. And what I have noticed with clients that have passed away, and I'm there to embrace their children and help them to understand, is it's not so much about the money. The money is kind of black and white, and it goes through the will or the trust or all those things. What they love are the stories, even the stories that I can tell. And I had clients in the other day, and they surprised their dad and all met him here. He didn't know. He thought he was just coming in for an event, and they all, and he thought two of the kids were going to be here. All six showed up with their families, and we sat down, and I just said, you know, I remember going to your mom and dad's house 25 years ago and sitting in their kitchen and I I said that was the time when I went to people's houses (laughs) and they were like what did it look like what was it like and I said and they were so excited to hear a story Mm -hmm. about their parents and their mothers passed away and so the planning is really important so it's those stories that that come out and so many of us don't even know how many stories we have within us and that that's so true. Um, a study that was shared with me a couple years ago is Allianz, um, the life insurance company, did a study and asked boomers and their parents, so elders, um, what's the most important inheritance you could receive or give? Um, and 86% said it was the family stories and life lessons. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, 10 times more important than real estate or money. So it truly is. The family stories, the life lessons are so important. And Wells Fargo just came out, the private bank just came out with a study um, they released in January. Because I always get asked when I was doing you know, workshops and things, you know, okay, we get it for the baby boomers and for elders that, that you know, family stories are important. But what about the future generations? And my response up until January was, well, I, I would agree that it's definitely Gen Xers because I have clients, and we call them G2, <laughs> Generation 2, that have hired me to do their family stories and life lessons for their parents so that they can offer that to them or give that as a gift to them for their 50th wedding anniversary mm. or their birthday. Um, recently, I just did a, um, an interview with a gentleman on, who's 90 years old, and his son had hired me. And I actually got to go there on his birthday. And, you know, I asked, you know, are you excited about doing this? And he said, you know what, Lori, this is one of my biggest regrets. Because my son asked me to do this five years ago, seven years ago, when you first approached him. And I regret that I did not do that at that time because I have lost some of the stories. Mm-hmm. It's I'm now 90 years old. So it was one of his regrets. Um so back to the, the Wells Fargo study. So in July or January, they released the study, and they had done a, um, um, a survey with uh, millennials and Gen Zs and asked, what's the most important thing you could 
um, receive from your parents. And um, it was the family story and life lessons, nine out of ten. So I, you know, say with confidence that it does span all generations that are alive today. One of my funniest stories is that um, I had the parents and the grandma, and um, when the grandma passed away, which was my client, and they went to the house and they were cleaning out, there was five boys, and when they went to clean out the house and they found um, the calendars and grandma had saved every single calendar and they were looking at the calendar and she used to watch the kids like on Mondays and Wednesdays or something like that and they were looking and she wrote down all the things that the kids and what they had done that day and one of the calendars she said boys broke the bed (laughs) (laughs) and they were jumping on the bed which they weren't supposed to be doing and they broke it and they went and they stuck something underneath it to prop it up and they forever never thought she knew i mean and then they saw how ridiculous it was but how innocent they were when they were little thinking that they had fooled grandma and they just had a crack up over it they kept telling me and um and those are the kinds of things that I think maybe years ago, too, our parents were a little bit more aware of writing things down because they didn't have two jobs. They didn't have all these extracurricular driving around <laughs> everywhere and being so busy. Mm-hmm. My guest today is Lori Coonan, and we are talking about legacy planning. Lori is the founder of Living My Legacy, and one of the things that we've discussed on the radio many times, of course, is financial planning, which really protects in your assets. And we talk about all the things that you need to do during your retirement to have the right amount of income and taxes and all that. And then, of course, you know, we talk about estate planning a lot of times because that's always the foundation, I think, of a good financial plan. And then heritage design planning, what Lori's talking about, is really preparing your family to receive the inheritance, which you've worked so hard to make, you've worked so hard to pass on, and you've done your estate planning to pass it on in the most efficient and easy way as possible. And so there's really a three-legged stool here. And I think what Lori is really discussing with us today is, is really important. And so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about where does that planning actually start. So for my clients who are out there and my wonderful listeners, Let's, say, let's sort of give them a little bit of a roadmap as to what they can expect. And, you know, it's sort of hard. It almost seems overwhelming to think about it. But I always say that it's sort of like the big elephant in the room. You just take a little bite here and there <laughs> and try to swallow it all at once. And so with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you are enjoying this conversation with my guest, Lori Coonan, who is the founder of Living My Legacy, the um, and her um, website is livingmylegacyusa.com, or you can email her direct, directly at lori at livingmylegacyusa.com. And uh, I will give out her phone number a little bit later. But if you would like to pass this on to someone, if it's someone that you know, uh, maybe even your kids would like to see this and say, is it something you'd like to do as a family to sit down and, and really look at this? Because the planning that we do really isn't for us. It's really for the people we love. 
regardless of what it is. Even when I talk about our financial um, planning, you know, we, we talk about the money and will you have enough money in the event that you get ill? Will you, what do you want with your kids? I mean, these are such major discussions and talking about the family wealth and leadership is such an important part of that whole discussion. And Lori, when we were at the um, end of our last um, segment, we talked about someone getting started. And so I can imagine, even myself, when I sat down and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, you got houses and cars and grandkids, and I hope we'll have great grandchildren. And you start to think about that, and it's daunting as to how can I look? I can barely look at myself, much less all these generations in the future. Right. But a a a real leader, a strong leader, and if you think of people who lead companies and lead, you know, conversations in our world, I mean, they do make decisions and they do get things done. And I like to think of all of my clients as strong leaders within their family. And but there are things that trip people up, but they're they're certainly not unsurmountable. And so, when you're looking at um, doing an assessment with people. I want to go through some of the things that you have outlined that you feel um, are very important. And one of them, you're, you're really trying to determine how a family communicates. Um, are they effective with each other? Are they um, discussing, are they able to discuss sensitive topics and still remain connected and not become disconnected? Mm-hmm. So how do you help a client um, and a family to really open up those lines of communication and to address those topics that are really the elephants in the room that everybody knows about but nobody wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Karen. One of the first steps, assuming you know it is a priority for a family, one of the first steps that we offer is called a family alignment day. And it's where the family gets together and we talk about um, those important conversations that the family wants to have, but no one knows how to start. So we really work to create that that forum that allows uh, maybe sensitive topics to be discussed. Um, prior to getting together as a family during Family Alignment Day, we'll have pre-calls so that we can communicate with each of the participants, understand their questions, and, and make sure that they understand kind of the, the focus of the day itself, um, ask what they want to accomplish that day, and really work to, to put a, an agenda together that works for the family. And typically, the, the topics that we focus on are, you know, what is the purpose of your family? What do you value as part of this family? Um, also helping them to have the must, identify the must-haves. What, what things do you want your children, grandchildren, to have as being part of this family? And, you know, what does your family stand for? So really giving them an idea of, let's, let's look at the big picture of our family's legacy. And then we also do some fun activities that include communication and leadership styles. And that actually is one of the biggest highlights for almost every person in the family when you end the day and ask, what did you enjoy the most? So it's the fun communication and leadership styles, allowing each other to see what their style is and then understand the different styles that are out there and maybe why there could be that hurdle uh, within maybe um, communication for the siblings. 
And then we end it with kind of what do we want to do together as a family? Um, what are the next steps that we could take? So again, like you had mentioned before, baby steps or, mm-hmm. you know, a bite size uh, um, of the elephant, taking a bite of the elephant, not eating it whole. Well, and I think about those tough conversations. And just recently, my mother passed away, um, January 1 of this year. And as the four of us came together and we were talking about my mother, it became very obvious that we were all raised by a different person. (laughs) That is so typical. (laughs) Yes. And we all had different memories. Yes. It was like, I don't remember mom doing that. Well, I was the oldest, so she probably never did. Right. And um, my sister was the youngest, and she said she never made me do that and she was the youngest so by that time my mother was totally worn out and we all have different memories and coming together um, is so important because you may have one child that um, is hoping their must-have with their child is this and another one of the children's must-have might be completely different and I think about the situation where you may have a child or you may have a grandchild that has a disability Mm -hmm. and that parent family is going to be looking at preservation of wealth perhaps to take care of that child whereas another family who doesn't have that may have a whole nother outlook or whole nother must have or want out of that and so I think one of the things that in this first part of communicating that becomes important is that everything doesn't have to be equal and I think that's one of the most I hear the most when I sit down and say what do you want to happen with your um, your assets and I want it all to be equal and I'll say at Christmas time did everybody get the same amount of presents yep mm-hmm. and so but every family isn't always equal in needs and so it's having that conversation and I remember once having the conversation with the family and one of the children was extremely wealthy and the other two were not and at the midst of the conversation he said you know dad I really don't need to inherit any of this money and I'd much prefer it to do this but what I would like to do is put some of it into a family foundation with all of our names on it that we have a legacy of all of us some of my share and so that may not have happened if dad would have only said it's got to be equal one-third 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 and here the son was given an opportunity to step up and to leave his own legacy with his family at the same time. So those are the beautiful miracles that come out of that meeting. Absolutely. Um, One of the other things that I think is important and you've got listed is each family member feels confident that they have a voice within the family and the permission to assert themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, and in this Family Alignment Day, that is definitely um, provided um, in that culture of communication and trust is what we're working to build. And each person gets a chance to share their opinions. Um, And it's so important that, you know, when we're preparing for this day, we work with um, Generation One or the champions of the day and help them to understand, you know, these are your desired outcomes. This is what you shared with us. If your desired outcome is to, you know, bring the family together, hear different opinions and perspectives, get everyone on the same page, you know, we help coach them to make sure that those 
opinions can be shared and that there's safety that's felt in the room. Um, We call it the three P's, permission, potency, and protection. (laughs) You can share and not, um, you know, be worried about how people are going to react. This is a safe place to be able to share and talk through what your perspective is. Because we, as we all know, you know, there's not a truth. Mm -hmm. There's the truth. Or there's the, not the truth. There's a truth. <laughs> a truth. Everyone sees different perspectives, yes. and that's their own truth. So just being able to have that um, opportunity to be able to share and feel safe to be able to share those opinions is so important. And I think many times when you're talking about opinions, can you give a, a couple of examples of what those hard um, hard um, statements might be? And I think about... Um, one in a case where I was doing this and he said, well, dad paid for college for you and I never went to college. Mm -hmm. And how is that going to work out? Mm -hmm. Or um, I know that you have a loan and, you know, you were given money on the mortgage and Mm -hmm. has that been paid or is it a note? Does it get subtracted? And the interesting thing is that I've learned is kids keep track Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a ledger somewhere. Right. And and it's a good time to deal with those types of questions prior to somebody passing away. And now there the questions are and there are no answers mm-hmm. or justifications or um, communication. Right. And going back to your point, Karen, about beginning early or starting early, you know, at this Family Alignment Day, we likely won't be talking about the the money or the dollar amounts there, but what we're doing is creating a foundation so that those more difficult conversations can occur um, down the road. So, you know, we're really creating that base of understanding the bigger picture of what everybody wants for the family first, and then working on the the little pieces as it builds. Um, So, definitely want to have that foundation built first. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about um, families and how they can make a process uh, to make decisions together. And I know so often my clients will say, well, we're the boss. I mean, we're making the decisions. I don't want to give up my decision-making power. But, you know, the, the reality of it is, and it seemed true for me, depending on how long I live and depending on my ability um, and my skills to be able to make decisions, at some point our children are going to come in and make decisions. It may be sooner than you like. It may be that they become a co-trustee or they're there making decisions with you and for you. Or it could be that you've passed away and decisions now have to be made. So what is the process that your family has put together to to make decisions um, and make decisions together for the betterment of the whole family? My guest today is Lori Coonan, and as I said earlier, she's the founder of Living My Legacy. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Lori Coonan, and we are having a great time discussing family legacies. And she is the founder of Living My Legacy, and it's such an important piece in the whole picture. And 
I even said to Lori during the break that myself, I didn't think about this type of planning early in my career. It wasn't until as I aged into my career and I started thinking, wow, what if something happened to me tomorrow? What do I really want effectively to happen to my money? And how do I mirror and and put a footprint down as to what they may choose to want to follow. And so I've been able to put in in a lot of different things to sort of practice to figure out, you know, what is the what is the best strategy to do that. And that's the type of thing that Lori's talking about today. And the first thing, nothing works unless the family works. I mean, nothing works unless the family works. And if you've always had, you know, the person that makes the decisions and figures out how to do things, and then they die, everybody is just sort of lost. They're like turtles on their back, not knowing who to trust, not knowing what to do. And so I think one of the most important pieces, Lori, that you have listed is um, helping a family develop the process to make decisions together. Mm-hmm. It is very, very important. And, you know, as you, as we were talking, Karen, it was like, I don't want to give up my decision-making. I don't want to give up control. But one of the things that we work to do over, the, you know, over the time or the process is the decisions are, um, they get bigger over time. So, you know, the first decision may be for the kids to work together to plan the next meeting after the family alignment day, you know, working out the budget, working out the location, working out the timing. Um, The next decision could be about, you know, where we go on family vacation. Um, The next decision could be about as you mentioned, um, one of your clients created a family foundation. So maybe it's working together to help determine where we're going to, um, contribute, um, what cause we're going to support this next year. So it's, it's small decisions in the beginning, but you're creating that foundation to build the process. How are we going to make decisions together? What does it look like? Um, so that there is a process in place when the emotional decisions or the tough decisions, when emotions are, are, are high and, um, a time when it's difficult for a decision to be made, you have that foundation there. Um, so that's really the the importance of having this process in place so that you are able to make decisions easier during those emotional times. I have a funny story um, that I had clients come in and the family did have a lot of conflicting ideas about the money and how to handle it and <laughs> what to do. And one of the sisters came in and she had this bag and we all sat down and we said, okay, we have to agree that everybody gets to talk. And she said, I brought my talking stick. Excellent. Good. <laughs> and everybody got the stick mm-hmm. and they got to talk yep. and then they passed the stick. And if somebody, the stick went up. So it, you know, it, so that was right. their family. They yes. had they had created a way of everybody having a voice. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love the talking stick now. I gave one to my daughter-in-law just recently, okay. my, da- my granddaughter just recently, and she was having trouble in, in a situation. I said, well, how about a talking stick? But um, those are things that families create on their own, too, ways that, that they actually have found to stay focused and to keep the energy level low. Right. Another thing that um, you had in in your plan was um, 
Our family actively mentors future generations by preparing them for emotional as well as financial wealth that they will receive. And I, I don't know. I grew up in a family that the whole thing was you don't talk about money and um, everything is private. Nothing leaves the house, mm-hmm. you know, and my family – my parents never talked about money. Mm-hmm. The only thing I knew about money was um, turn off the lights. We don't lo- own the electric company. And <laughs> yep, yep. Great lessons, though, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> and someday when you work, right. you're going to know how expensive it is, right. and you'll turn off lights. Yep. So I mean, that was how we talked about money. Yep. And and but yet, when you when you look at it, as I said earlier, I really don't want to have to have my children use my money to support themselves because I hope that they that's something that I think most parents want to launch children to do but yet what happens with all this money and how does it get used and right questions yeah those are great questions and you know the important part is to remember that the family's wealth or the you know um, the parents wealth isn't only financial the emotional inheritance that comes with it the intellectual capital the human capital the social capital the family stories the life lessons those things that you learned throughout your childhood or even you know adult years that hopefully gave you a good foundation to be able to have your own career and then maybe be the inheritance will be able to allow you to continue the family's legacy. Um, so having those conversations, you know, one of the things that I, I, we talked about earlier is I've um, collaborated with Lynn Finch, and we've started a collaboration called um, to promote family money conversations. And her book, The No Cash Allowance, is a great way to get that started with younger children. But it is so critical, you know, if you haven't started when your children are young, it's never too late to start. You can begin by having just general conversations about what's important to you or, you know, maybe begin the conversation about asking your children or grandchildren what's important to them. What do they see as what the family stands for? Just beginning to have those um, conversations um, helps to lead into maybe money discussions um, about what's more important or what is important or the, your values. Um, and that's really a good foundation um, to build on for, for the financial wealth. I know with um, my family, we actually, we did it at work. We first collaborated with every single employee and asked them um, to identify our core values. And many of them, I mean, it was amazing how everybody just keyed right into it. And a lot of we could combine under one thing. And so we have a core values for Ellen Becker Investment Group. And I remember talking to Wendy, who was head of our marketing, and saying, I think I'm going to do this for my family. (laughs) And and she made up a little thing that I gave everybody at Christmas that said Nana's values and core values. And then we talked about them. And it was a really interesting thing to see that they actually, in our company, they saw those values being demonstrated here, but also that my grandchildren were able to recognize the values, and they came up with some different things themselves. And it's really hard when they're young to determine wants, needs, and values. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was crazy. I'm curious to know, um, Lori, if... um, when you when you talk to families, and one of the things about this legacy planning is the eventual outcome of the leader passing away, mm-hmm. and um, the husband and wife, the last standing, mm-hmm. you know, and then that leadership role is um, taken over by someone else. Does it mean 
you know, what typically happens in clients, and, in, and it doesn't really depend on wealth, is that there's an amount of money that's left to a, a, a charity of some sort, and sometimes it's an outright gift, and many times now people really do want to leave a legacy, and I encourage that all the time. And so we'll help clients open up a, um, a, a foundation or um, – a directed foundation and call it it'd be like the Ellen Becker family foundation. And then my adult children are sort of my little board members. And then every year for Christmas, I give my grandchildren like $250 and I say, who would you like to give this to? And then it stimulates a conversation to find out what they're interested in. And it's a way of me teaching them to pass on a legacy as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other time where the money is just equally divided between the family. Mm-hmm. Does someone actually step into that role as the leader of the family, or do families just kind of go their own way once the money is set up? What you know, you hear of family offices, of course, mm-hmm. where people can look at insurance and they can look at all of that for their family. How do you see that working? now well and for, for some of the clients that i've been working with you know the e- the equal is kind of important mm-hmm. but they also see if their goal was either strengthening their family or family unity or family harmony say you know instead of or in addition to could be but instead of having a pot maybe for um the family foundation mm-hmm. um piece they could you know divide equally to the kids and then have including a, a fourth pot say they have three kids fourth pot being the family fund mm-hmm. so then it becomes this um I don't remember if Wisconsin uses dynasty trust but it could mm-hmm. be this dynasty trust where it is a, a a pool of money where the family can um, dip into that to use it to get together each year, create a, what we call heritage days, mm-hmm. you know, either a family vacation where they have include family fun, family development, and the business of being a family mm-hmm. so that those traditions and intentional and systematic processes to keep the family strong stay together um, and continue for generations. So it becomes that equal pool to promote family unity. I know that um, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, and we're just coming to the end of the segment. We could do a whole bunch of segments on this because we've barely touched the the tip of that iceberg. But um, talking about the the causes and organizations yeah. that they want to support, mm-hmm. um, and knowing if your children and your grandchildren actually are prepared to manage and control the inheritances they will receive. And a lot of times what we do with family members is when we do the estate planning documents, and we love to use the Credit Protection Trust, we put um, for maybe five years with an adult child or a grandchild that they have someone that they truly trust. It could be a uh, a family member, it mm-hmm. could be somebody um, other than that, and we make them co-trustees so mm-hmm. that they actually can make decisions and manage that money. We sort of call it the don't make stupid decisions on the trust, because a lot <laughs> right. of times kids don't know, and they'll say, oh, I just inherited so much money from grandma or grandpa or from my parents, and just say it in passing, and uh, all of a sudden, they've got people coming, well, would you like to invest in this company? Right. Would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? I can sell you a great car. And they make decisions impulsively without really understanding the 
concept of that. So a lot of times it's it's that education, which could come out of a, a family fund or something where kids get together once or twice a year to really review the whole family and, and understand um, some of the decisions and some things that might be able to be done more efficiently. So I think that's an absolutely um, great idea. Is there anything we only have about minute left not even anything you'd like to leave my listeners with yeah i guess you know what we were talking about there was kind of that built-in process of mentoring um, which is you know one of the um, largest hurdles of why families fail to stay together um, in addition to communication and trust and, and not having that common purpose but i guess the question i would throw out to your listeners karen is you know what do you want for your family now and in the future take time to think about that what matters to you and you know where are you today and then what are those next steps those what's one thing you can do tomorrow that will get you closer to where you want to be my guest today is Lori Coonan. She is the founder of Living My Legacy. And if you would like to contact her, you can do that at 920-462-4534, 920-462-4534. And you can go to her website, livingmylegacyusa.com. And Lori, thank you so much for being my guest today. This is such a great topic. And really, as you and I talked about earlier together, it isn't really based on money. It's really based on the gift that you want to leave. And another part of the legacy that I don't think people really often think about is whoever you are working with, if it's your accountant, your financial advisor, your insurance person, your realtor, whoever it is, when your children inherit and you're gone, they think that you have picked the absolute perfect advisors. And so when you die, you're also leaving a legacy of your team. And so I think that's part of this whole legacy, this leadership, this family, is putting something together that your family feels confident, comfortable, um, and and feels that they're in a place where someone has really got their back and is going to really give them good information and good direction. Again, um, thank you, Lori. Thank and, you, Karen. Um, you can go to ellenbecker.com. You can go to radio shows, and I think it will be posted in about two weeks and if you'd like to share this with anyone you're welcome to share the um the um our guests of the our money sense show and uh, again thank you and as always i hope i've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being remember before we plan before we advise before we invest we always listen have a great weekend bye-bye